This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. My name is uh, Taurus Montgomery. I am a pastor. I pastor the Harbor of Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church located in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And I am privileged to have you sitting in this seminar with me this morning. I want to, first of all, say uh, I I congratulate you, rather, on being here because a lot of times when you begin to talk about addictions, there's a lot of shame attached to it. uh, And so people don't like to be associated with addictions. So the very fact that you came here today uh, says that you are interested in learning how to overcome addictions, whether that is yourself Uh, or whether that is someone that you love, someone you care about, you want to see them set free from addiction. And so I want to uh, thank you for coming uh, this this morning. What I want to do as we begin, uh, of course, we'll pray. uh, But just before we do that, I want to just kind of give you an overview of of these seminars, kind of show you where we are, uh, where we'll start, rather, and where we'll finish and how, you know, each section builds upon the next one. Uh, and so I want to turn your attention to the screen. I'll be sharing a lot from PowerPoint this morning. and t- In fact, my whole presentation is on uh, PowerPoint. So uh, just so that you will know, uh, the first presentation, we're talking about the problem of addictions, all right? Uh, we're going to get into, you know, what, what, what is an addiction, uh, examples, signs of addictions, how do I know uh, if I have an addiction or if someone that I love have an addiction, all right? And then uh, part two, we're going to deal with the struggles of addiction, okay? Uh, and that comes immediately after this one at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll deal with the struggles of addiction, uh, the fact that, you know, when I give my life to Jesus, does that mean that I will never struggle with the addiction again? What, you know, what, what are the implications of me surrendering my heart to Jesus and my addiction? And then part three, Uh, We're going to look at the cross and addictions, all right? How the cross uh, impacts the addictions that I may uh, struggle with, okay? And then then part four, part five, and part six is a repeat, all right? And so I want to encourage you, if you want to get the full, you want to get the full experience uh, of this seminar presentation, uh, I want to encourage you to stick with me today, next uh, at nine o'clock, and then today at two o'clock. Uh, and then we'll kind of start over uh, at 3 p.m., all right? Does that make sense? Uh, and and I, I struggle with this because, you know, it's a lot of information uh, that you want to give, that I want to give and I want to share with you, uh, but there are a lot of great seminars. In fact, there's some, there are so many great seminars, I wish I could go to the seminars, right? Uh, and so I want you to be able to, 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 to get, uh, you know, to be able to walk away with some tangible and good resources from this seminar uh, and if you stick all the way through to part three, then you're free to go um, into any other. You're free to go wherever you want to go, period. But uh, I just wanted to try to condense it as, much, as best as possible to give you a full experience uh, as opposed to you being locked in on one particular presentation if that's, you know, if that's others that you want to explore, okay? So I also want to um, uh, uh, let you know that this, this is kind of a, a teaser, if you will, uh, I am someone who uh, was addicted, uh, struggled with addiction for uh, seven years of my life, uh, and even sometimes after that, I struggled with various addictions. I kind of share those things with you, uh, but I get, I I go more into detail uh, in our second presentation. This is a, a, a picture of my life before I gave my life to Jesus, uh, and that is kind of where a lot of those addictions were rooted in. I don't know what's happening up here, uh, but we'll. You can still see the image, right? Okay, maybe I should not just touch it at all, all right? So uh, uh, that, that, that'll take place in our second presentation. I'll tell you how uh, this person uh, died. Come on, say amen. I'll tell you how this person died and became the person that is standing before you uh, today. All right. So let's jump right into our presentation. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father in heaven, we are grateful today that because of Jesus, we are in your presence and we can be here to learn, to explore what the scriptures have to say, Lord, about overcoming addictions, Lord. And God, I know that there are some people in this room right now who are here because they want to be set free. And I pray, God, that that the enemy will no longer hold them in bondage, 
when you have already set them free. So bless us now, Father, as we open your word. Bless us now as we go through this presentation. May Jesus be lifted up is my prayer in his name. Amen. All right. I, as I was preparing for this, I came across this uh, show called, uh, on TLC called My Strange Addiction. Anybody ever saw that show? Or you seen the preview of it or a video of it or whatever, right? My Strange Addictions. Now, when we say strange addictions, we're talking about some strange stuff. Okay? So strange, for example, so strange, you, you have people who were addicted to gasoline, Drinking gasoline. That's a strange addiction. Not only being addicted to gasoline, but there was one individual, she was addicted to grooming her cat with her tongue. I know, right? Strange addictions. Then this, this gentleman, this gentleman uh, had an addiction uh, to his car. His car was his girlfriend. He went on dates with his car. He, 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 he was addicted to his vehicle. Strange addictions. Couldn't put all the pictures up there, but, but, but let me show you some of the other uh, things that people were addicted to. Eating drywall. Anybody know what drywall is? This lady was addicted to eating drywall. There was a gentleman who was addicted to eating glass. Anybody ever ate some glass on purpose? <laughs> eating makeup. This young lady addicted to eating makeup. Whenever she would go out to purchase makeup, she said that she had to taste it to make sure that it was the right kind. There was a late, uh, that someone who was addicted to eating rubber tires. Addicted to eating plastic bags. That was a gentleman. Uh, addicted to eating his mattress. Addicted to eating cat food. An addiction to looking like Justin Bieber. <laughs> no, seriously, there was, 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 was a guy, he saw Justin Bieber the first time, and he said, wow, that is an amazing look, and I'm going to get plastic surgery after plastic surgery after plastic surgery after plastic surgery after plastic surgery. This guy had over 50, 60 plastic surgeries trying to look like Justin Bieber. Addiction to eating sand. Addiction to drinking warm urine. An addiction to snorting baby powder. An addiction to sniffing and chewing dirty diapers. An addiction to being an adult baby. It was a gentleman who was, he had a, he had a crib, a baby crib built for him. He, you know, he, he, 20, 30 years old. He had on a bib, he had a pacifier, he had, um, um, you know, a... a, a, a you know, baby clothes on, strange addictions. Addiction to drinking paint, an addiction to stinging herself with bees. Now, we look at these addictions and we say indeed that, man, this is some strange, some crazy people. But the reality is every addiction is strange to God. Because when God first created humanity, God never intended for us to be addicted to anything but himself. If you're going to be addicted to anything, be addicted to Jesus. We'll talk about that in part three. So, so, so while, we may look, uh, while we may look at these addictions, uh, these strange addictions and laugh and just be kind of like blown away by it, the reality is there are some addictions that we don't see as strange, that our society don't see as strange, that oftentimes even Christians fall themselves, uh, find themselves addicted to these things, such as alcohol. They say one out of ten Americans are addicted to alcohol. And that includes church people. If we looked at alcohol the same way we look at someone eating drywall, I believe there will be less alcoholics today. 
Not only alcohol is a, is a, is a common addiction, but, but, but some people are addicted to food. Now, notice, 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 though the list that I gave you of strange addictions, what was one common thing, the most common thing of all those addictions? What it, it had to relate to eating. And, and when we think about that, and we think about the fact that the very first temptation upon mankind had to do with what? Had to do with eating. Eating is the strongest drive that human beings have because it is one that deals with our very survival. And the desire of ages, Ellen White talks about the fact that if one can attain victory over their appetite, then you can get victory over anything in your life. Some people have an addiction to eating food. And, you know, since confession is good for the soul, I, that, 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 was, that was one of my addictions as well. Now, it's hard to tell because I'm so big, right? <laughs> but, no, I found myself, I found myself uh, when, when, when I, when I, if I got depressed about something, or if I got down on myself about something, just feeling bad about something, I just, want to, I just wanted some ice cream. Just give me some ice cream. I'm going to sit down and watch some TV and just eat ice cream until I can't eat it anymore. Some people are addicted to food. And then you have others who are addicted to not eating food. And this is a problem. This is especially a problem amongst uh, teenage girls. When you have uh, the media uh, displaying what beauty is supposed to look like, and you see all these images, you know, whether you're in line shopping at Target or Walmart or just, you know, walking through the mall or uh, commercialized uh, billboards, you know, we have these images that are projected as to what beauty should look like. And oftentimes it's people who are very, 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 very thin, and some young ladies starve themselves in order to look like this, and it becomes an addiction. Then you have sports addiction. You have some people, you have some people, confession is good for the soul. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to give you the root of all this as, as we go along. Confession is good for the soul. Before I became a Christian, basketball, football, eat, sleep, drink, you cut me open like, you know, basketballs and stuff start goozing out. Right. And, and, and so 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 I, I had this addiction to sports. And some of you sitting out there right now, if you just can't stay off of ESPN to find out the latest updates, you got all these apps on your phone about who's winning this game and, and all that kind of stuff. Then you want to you want to you want to really consider you think about, you know, is this an addiction that I have? You have sports addiction, and, and, and you know, uh, women see it all the time, especially in their relationships, when, when, when he wants to watch the game more than he wants to spend time talking to you. Sound like I got a, uh-oh, somebody stepping on some toes in here. That's all right. You came to GYC to get your toes stepped on. Video games. Lord have mercy. Let me tell y'all. See, I, I, pastor, I pastor in uh, Benton Harbor. I don't know if anybody knows about Benton Harbor. Uh, sure, my buddy here knows about Benton Harbor. Uh, but Benton Harbor is, is a place of, of is impoverished. Uh, it is a high unemployment. It is, uh, thank you so much, sir. It's high unemployment. It is um, violence, crime. In fact, it was nominate, or nominated, it was voted as the unsafest place to live in the state of Michigan. And that's where I live. <laughs> I know, right? I know, that's where I live. Uh, but the Lord sent me there, amen. Uh, and, 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 and so, 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 so I, I work with a lot of young people who, has this, who have this addiction to video games. And hear, hear me, hear me. Now, most of my church members are not Adventists. That's a great church to have. Did you get that? Yeah, they pre-Adventists. We still working on them. 
But 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 here's the here's the here's what I found. I found that I, I, you know these young people that I work with that they will spend hours and hours and hours. I have a guy text messaging me, you know, send me send me a Facebook message, uh, uh, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, talking about uh, Pastor Torres. I just beat the game. If I can get you to stay up that long just reading the book of Matthew, we'll get somewhere. But there's a power, and we're gonna get to the, we're gonna get to the root of this. There's a power that is is you know what will possess a person to stay up hours upon hours and upon hours uh, watching video, uh, playing video games, or, or, or watching sports. What will possess them? It has to be something deeper than just that game. We're gonna look at the root of it as we continue. Then you have people who are addicted to what everybody. Money, addicted to money. Last time I checked, the Bible says, the Bible says that, that, that uh, you have a choice to make. You're going to either serve God or mammon or money. You can't, you, can't have, you can't have both of them. But there are some people who have chosen to worship uh, uh, money uh, and thus have become addicted to it. And you can't, have, you can't have both. And then, Lord have mercy, you have this porn addiction that has and is destroying so many lives of Christian people. Christian men in particular. And as a result of it destroying their lives, also the lives of the people that they love, be it their spouse or their girlfriend or their children. Now, there's a, there's a quote, or th- there's a saying rather, there's a saying that uh, 99% of men have struggled with pornography at some point, okay? And the other 1% are lying about it. Now, while there may not have been, uh, while there may not be some, 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 some research per se to back that statement up, but the reality is, the reality is that pornography is a serious, serious problem in the church. Even amongst the clergy. In fact, in fact, uh, let's look at this, let's look at this. This, these, statistics, these statistics here, uh, th- these statistics were done uh, at a Promise, Promise Keepers uh, convention, and, it, and they were talking about pornography in the church, all right? Now, 57%, 57% of those, 57% of pastors who attended this conference said that they had watched pornography within one week of attending this conference. It's real. And then you have uh, 20, 26% of people who attend church are more likely, to, uh, uh, more likely to watch porn than those who do not attend church. Now, why do you think that is? Talk to me, why do, why do you think that is? Why do you think that someone that, 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 that 20%, 26% of people who attend church are more likely to watch porn than those who do not attend. It seems like, it seems like it'd be the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Right. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Right. And 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. I see you. I see you, sir. All right. Go ahead, and then I'm coming back to you there. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. I think uh, people don't look at porn as adultery, but it really is. Hmm. So outside the church, they, they can do everything they want to. Mm-hmm. Inside, since we can't commit adultery, mm-hmm. we settle for porn. Exactly. Yes, sir. In the back, back there, I see your hand going up. Right here. Uh huh. Uh huh. You. Okay. I saw another hand up back here. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll conclude with my sister right here. See one more hand right here. Two more hands. All right. This is okay. All right. Yes, sir. Go ahead. You first. fact that it's, it's, it's easily accessible. Yeah, okay, go ahead. What I think is that uh, it may not uh, start out as someone that is just looking for like a, a certain thing and on the internet, you know, someone could easily put uh, you're look, maybe you're looking for so, uh, something and they put that word and you're legitimately looking for something and there's an image that pop up mm-hmm. that, that word mm-hmm. and that image mm-hmm. and therefore then you know the eye sees that and then they're like oh what was that mm-hmm. and they, then they continue going down mm-hmm. it's enticing yeah it's very enticing it's very enticing and 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 uh, I think you know everything that that has been said uh, is very valid and valuable uh, and I think that I think that also, you know, going back to what my sister was saying here, you know, when we grow up, when we grow up in the church, uh, there's this this level of, you know, first of all, we don't we don't we don't deal with or we don't talk about sex in the church the way that we should. You know, sex is taboo. It's an off subject kind of thing. Uh, and if, you know, according to according to scripture, sex is good. Come on, say amen. Yeah, in the context of marriage, amen again. All right? So, so, so sex is good, but because we don't talk about it, and we leave, and because we don't talk about it, our young people end up getting educated about it in a way that pleases the enemy. And so it becomes this, 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 this exciting thing, and that little young 12-year-old mind, or 13-year-old teenage mind, uh, doesn't know how to handle it. And because we, we, we suppress it and we don't talk about it, we don't discuss it, uh, if I do say something about it or, 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 we, or we feel like, well, it, it's bad or it's wrong, as somebody said back there before, 
When you finally look at a, a site or you look at a magazine and a lightning bolt from heaven doesn't come down and strike you, then it's like, okay, well, that wasn't that bad. And because of, because of the, the, uh, what, what pornography does to the mind, it creates a, a greater appetite. You know, lust can never be satisfied. It can never be satisfied. So, so it wants more and more and more and more and more. And you find yourself an addict before you realize it. But for the worldly person, going back to this, the worldly person, as my brother said, they don't see it as a big, they don't see it as adultery. They don't see it as a huge problem. And so it's easy, uh, it, it's far easier for us, especially, especially when we talk about uh, just the conservative nature of being a Christian. Right. The conservative nature of being of, of being a Christian uh, says, you know, uh, it's, we, we kind of suppress things and, and, and we do things in secrecy. And because it's a secret, then it's not hard. To, it was difficult to find out. And so we end up finding ourselves engaging in in pornography. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, there's another addiction called social media. Have you ever have, have you ever met someone who just can't stay off of their phone? I mean, man, there used to be a time where you could just leave the house without your phone. Now, it has to be with us. I'm guilty of it myself. It's like my second brain. That's what we call it, right? My second brain. But there comes a point when, when, when the amount of time that you spend on Facebook or, or Twitter or just on the Internet becomes problematic when you don't want to spend that same amount of time with God or reading scripture, or uh, being in religious services, or uh, going out and sharing the gospel. That, that, that becomes a problem when you spend more time on social media than you do doing anything else. All right? Now, how to know if someone, uh, how to know if you or someone you know actually has an addiction, all right? So I want to share with you some signs of an addiction. We'll kind of go through this really quick because i got about 17 signs of addiction. First of all, the person takes the substance and cannot stop. Okay, that's the first sign. If it's, when I say substance, you know, we're not just talking about uh, cocaine or heroin or a drug per se. A substance could be food. A substance could be, uh, it, it, it could be anything, all right? But when you have this compulsion to do this uh, and you cannot control it, you cannot stop then, uh, that's a sign that it just might be an addiction. There are some withdrawal symptoms. Uh, you can't sleep or you don't want to eat. Uh, addiction continues despite health problems. You know that this is harming you or this person, this is harming this person, it's causing some health problems with them, uh, then that may very well be an addiction, all right? When social and or rec recreational uh, activities are sacrificed, right? This person may be involved in a particular uh, activity that they just really love doing, but all of a sudden they don't want to do it anymore uh, because this particular substance has drawn, has pulled them away from it, all right? Uh, maintaining a good supply. Anytime you come around somebody and they just have a little stash just hidden away of uh, whatever it is, be it some drug or be it some pills or uh, be it some uh, whatever, all right? If they're, if they're maintaining a good supply or if you're maintaining a good supply of this particular thing, then it may very well be a addiction. Dropping hobbies and activities kind of goes with the first one. Having stashes, uh, taking an initial large dose in a particular thing, having problems with the law. You know, it's really associated with alcohol. Uh, you get DUIs and, you know, getting pulled over, that kind of stuff. Uh, financial difficulties when... When, 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 when a person is spending a large amount of money on a particular thing all the time, uh, it's, it's taken away from your money. You know, I used to, I used to smoke cigarettes, uh, and when I do the calculation of how much money I spent on cigarettes and me actually being able to pay for my college, for my, you know, myself to go to college, I get upset. Right. When you when you are when you are spending a large sum of money, even on sports paraphernalia. You know, I grew up in the state of Alabama, born and raised in Alabama. And there are two things that people do in Alabama. They go to Mardi Gras. And they watch football. What are three things? They watch football again. 
Okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm kidding you not. I'm kidding you not. Uh, there was a point in time in my life, and even in my closet right now, uh, to, this, to this very day, I have a whole lot of Alabama paraphernalia. You know, sweatshirts, baseball caps. And as I was preparing, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I'm pre preparing a message, it's for me first before it's for the people I'm preaching to or, or sharing it with. And as I was preparing for this, I began to realize that there are some things that I need to, I need to let, I need the Lord to set me free from to this day. And so I'm looking at, I'm looking, I'm noticing, man, I got this Alabama sweatshirt, Alabama hat, another Alabama t-shirt, another Alabama hat. Wait a minute. Something is, I, I need to examine myself and see whether or not this is something that I need to surrender to Jesus. And I've discovered that the closer we get to Christ, the more we realize how much we're not like him. And things have to be shed and taken off. All right. So having problems with the law, financial difficulties and relationship problems. When someone uh, who you love, someone who care about you, when they recognize uh, when, when, they, when they are bringing up issues that they're having because of this particular thing that you are consistently doing, then it very well may be an addiction. All right. Taking dangerous risks. You know, when you get someone gets drunk, sometimes they just want to drive fast. That's a dangerous, dangerous risk. All right. Or they're engaging in an activity that without this particular substance, uh, they wouldn't be doing. All right. So that's taking dangerous risks, dealing with problems. If the person sees uh, the only way that I can cope, the only way that I can handle this stress that I'm going through, the only way that I can deal with my problem is I have to have this particular thing. I have to have this ice cream. I have to have this particular food. I have to have this substance. I have to have a cigarette. I have to have uh, whatever. Okay? It very well may be an addiction. When there's an obsession about the particular thing, uh, where the person is spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources, that could be an addiction when it's something that you only want to do in secret. You don't want anybody else to know that you're doing. And if you did it around somebody else, you would be embarrassed. You would be ashamed. That very thing may very well be an addiction. And then number 16 is denial. Now, this kind of goes against everything that we just talked about, all of this stuff, because a person who is addicted is usually in denial. And so they can't tell that they are addicted. For the Christian, for the Christian, for the person who has made a decision at some point in their life to give their heart to Jesus, you know when you know that it's a problem. You know it's a problem. And somebody under the sound of my voice today, you know that you've been dealing with something and you know that it's a problem. The good news is that there's hope. Amen. Lastly, when there is ex excess consumption of the particular thing, again, whether it's sports, whether it's alcohol, whether it's money, whether it's drugs or whatever, whenever there's excess consumption of it, then it very well may be an addiction. Now, let's, let's, give, a, let's give a name to uh, a definition to addiction, all right? I love this definition. Addiction is bondage to the rule of a substance activity or state of mind, which then becomes the center of a person's life, defending itself from the truth so that even bad consequences don't bring repentance and leading to further estrangement from God. It can be, watch this, it can be a substance or activity, or a state of mind. State of mind. Some people are addicted to being negative. Self-victimization. Can't see anything beyond their current problem. That's a state of mind. Or an activity. Now, I need you to, I need you to, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me on this. Don't misunderstand me on this. There are some people, confession is good for the soul. There are some people who are even addicted to religious things.
Some people are addicted to being up front on programs at church. Because, uh, and, and then, let me tell you something, as a young person, when I, came, when I gave my life to Jesus, I, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, when I gave my life to Jesus, um, it's like instantly, you know, I had this crazy fire for God. I just want to do it. You, what, God want me to stand on my head five times a day. I'm doing it. Right? God want me to uh, walk 10 miles and tell 10,000 people about Jesus in one hour. I'm doing it. That was, that was, that was my mentality. Right? And so uh, somewhere along the way, in my sincerity, in my sincerity, I became addicted to the applause that I received for being up front in church. I became addicted to the applause that I received because I would invite so many young people, so many of my friends to church. And so that, that, there came a certain applause to that, a certain praise to that. Some pats on the back. That became a form of approval that I just love to receive. I became addicted to it without even knowing it. So watch this. My motivation sometimes was, was I'm going to go out and witness to people so that my church can smile upon me. So while, while I'm inviting my friends, while I'm inviting my young, my, you, know, my, you know, I was a young person. Still, I'm a young person. Amen. <laughs> while I was inviting my, 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 my peers who were in the world to come to church with me, uh, uh, it, was, it, it, it was out of selfish motivation. Because if I had, now, 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 especially when the rest of the church is, is not doing anything, everybody in the church is dead. And here I am bringing all these people into the church and inviting my friends, and oh, wow, look at Taurus. This young man is on fire for Jesus. He and his brother, the sons of thunder. I hated that name, by the way, but... So, 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 so anything, whether it's a, a state of mind or an activity, a good activity, or any particular substance can become an addiction when it becomes, when it, when, it, when, it when it is the center of our life. The problem with that, you see, the problem with any addiction is that, is that addiction tries to take the place of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so when we talk about uh, anything, Alcoholism, for example, uh, it's, it, the, the problem is not necessarily just the alcohol. The problem is the place that alcohol takes in the alcoholic's life. It becomes its Lord. In fact, when Scripture talks about alcohol or when Scripture talks about uh, uh, any addiction, period, uh, it, it talks about it in a sense that modern science doesn't want to talk about it. What do I mean by that? Well, well, modern science says that alcoholism uh, is more of a sickness or, you know, it's, it's a disease. All right. And they, they, so they keep it on a physiological or even a, a psychological realm. All right. Now, now, now. So, so if a person is just suffering from alcoholism, uh, from this sickness, then all they really need then to be cured is a self-help uh, a 12 step program. And they go through this program and the program uh, will, will, will if, if, the, if they just if they just stick with the program and do it right, they can be cured of this disease. Well, when I look at my Bible, the Bible doesn't, uh, uh, the, the Bible refers to, to alcohol, uh, uh, alcoholics as, as drunkenness. And it's associated with sin. If we follow modern science and take away the sin problem, then that also takes away the necessity of the gospel. Did you get that? If alcoholism is cured by simply a 12-step program, then why do I need Jesus? Alcoholism is sin, according to Scripture. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 to 35. Who has anguish? 
Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast. Verse 35. And you will say they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can look for another drink? That's addiction. And the biblical view of drunkenness, which is the prototype of all addictions, is that it is always viewed as sin, never sickness. You understand the difference? Yes, ma'am. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 to 35. You're welcome. All right. So when you look at these instances of, of, of people using alcohol, using wine, it is never because the person is uh, ha, ha, has a sickness. Right. It is never that it is never something that God looks upon with 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 excuse. Are you with me? Is always viewed upon as sin. And thus, I, which is why it's important, which is why it's important uh, for us as believers to look at it, to call it what it really is. And any sin any, or any addiction, rather, any addiction, rather, grows ultimately out of sin. Uh, and, 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 and when we replace when we when we use anything in our lives uh, to when we place it. Before God, we find ourselves breaking the first commandment, which says you shall have no other gods where before me. And addiction gets in the way of that. Any addiction gets in the way of of that. It also gets in the way of what Jesus said in Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37, where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul and with all your mind. Can I do that and be addicted to pornography at the same time? Can I do that and be addicted to religious activity at the same time? Didn't get as many no's. Remember the story between Martha and Mary? Mary had a, uh, a tendency to, uh, to find her satisfaction in spending time with Jesus. Martha found hers in being busy, and Jesus had to offer a nice little rebuke. Calm down. This is most important. Anytime we place anything before God, even a good thing, it becomes idolatry. And that particular thing can lead to an addiction. And any addiction replaces the lordship of Jesus Christ. Addictions are the fruit. So, so, so when, we, when, 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 we, when, when we boil it, when we, when we try to address the problem of addiction... All right. Whatever your addiction may be or whatever that friend of yours addiction may be, when you really in order to really deal with it as a Christian. In order to really deal with it, you have to deal with the sin problem. Are you with me on that? Amen. If you're going to deal with addiction, you have to deal with the sin problem. It's kind of like when you go and pick you know, uh, uh, fruit off of a, uh, a tree, okay? Uh, when, well, 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 no, let, let, let me put it this way. Uh, you have, the, the, Bible, the, Bible, the Bible has sins and then the concept of sin. You have sins such as uh, drinking alcohol, such as fornication, 
such as lying, such as stealing. But those sins actually grow out of sin, which ultimately is separation from God. A very common, common text, uh, uh, sin is the trans, transgression of the law. Right. So 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 sins, sins, sins are the fruit while sin is the root. When Jesus came to the world, uh, he didn't come just to deal with pornography. Just to deal with alcohol abuse, just to deal with uh, uh, lying and stealing and so on and so forth. He came to deal with the the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is sin. And in our next presentation, we're going to unpack the meaning of sin. I have about five minutes left, and so I just entertain some questions or uh, um, that anyone may have about anything that we just talked about uh, over the past 45, 45 minutes. We've got about five minutes left. Um, is that one? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the media is, like, always bombarding us where it's just had sexuality as only, like, seeking its pleasure, as, uh, you know, being just in the erotic form at all times when sex has, like, so much other gifts that, you know, are involved with it. But um, that's just my biggest thing that I was thinking about is how, you know, it's easy for the enemy to keep attacking us because in the media, you know, just... Thank you for sharing that, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, ma'am. Sure, those biblical references. Absolutely. There you go. Yes, sir. Right. And, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that because, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been married for five years now and I have three beautiful children, wonderful wife. Um, and I, 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 I am around a university. All right. So I have college students that I talk to and work with on a regular basis um, and others who call me from different places or whatever who are also in college. And, you know, in, in biblical culture, people got married much younger than in Western culture. And we, in, you know, in, in, in Western culture, we, uh, like you said, we want to wait till we've graduated from college. We got a house, uh, a dog, a nice car, you know, three degrees, uh, you know, making six figures. Now I'm ready to have kids uh, or now I'm ready to get married. And I think that in doing so, now, now first of all, I think people should get married when the Lord is leading them in their relationship and they uh, are being influenced by Jesus as to when they ought to get married. All right. Uh, as a general rule, of course, um, along with that, I think we must I think we, we, we I counsel young people this. Listen, that person loves Jesus. You love Jesus. It doesn't necessarily, it's not absolutely essential that you have a degree, that you have a, a, a house already paid for, that you have your own car and all that kind of stuff. Those things are really secondary to, is this person in love with Jesus? Am I in love with Jesus and growing with Jesus? Did God lead us together? And is he leading us in this relationship? And I think, you know, Paul's uh, reference that it is not, it's better to get married than to burn needs to come into play in a lot of conversations with young people. You know, it's not, it's not as much theology as it is biology. You'll get that when you start, when you're walking out the door. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to, to share in my 
Asbury man, uh, something that's really helped me is to um, recognize the, um, the uh, urges and the desires for intimacy as a call from God to greater intimacy with him and to kind of use that mm-hmm. as a tool to draw me closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. And then we're going to have to close up. Uh, we're running out of time. Yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. In, in fact, uh, yeah, I would encourage you to, he's here now. Uh, I would encourage you to pick that up. Very powerful, very powerful resource. Uh, well, that's our time, folks. We have about uh, 10 more minutes until the next presentation. It's time for the next presentation. Uh, I want to encourage you to stay by. Um, know that wonderful presentation seminars for you to attend. Um, let me pray with you, and then I'll dismiss you. Father in heaven, thank you again for allowing us this time together. I pray that you will continue to lead and guide all of us, Lord, in our freedom in Jesus Christ. We thank you for hearing the answer to this prayer. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC A supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.